Welcome to the 63rd installment of Ear to the Ground, the Land Stewardship Project's audio podcast on family farming, sustainable agriculture, local food systems, and local democracy. I'm Brian DeVore, editor of the Land Stewardship Letter. There's little doubt that America's health care system is in crises. Whether measured in per capita cost or percentage of gross domestic product, the U.S. market-based and corporate-controlled health care system is by far the most expensive in the world. Shockingly, that expensive and profitable industry delivers poor health care when ranked with other industrialized nations. Among those industrialized countries, the highest infant mortality rate is in the United States, and we rank the lowest in patient safety, access to health care, timeliness of care, and life expectancy. Farmers and ranchers, among the most independent of self-employed people, have been struggling along with the rest of our nation's citizens to pay high premiums and out-of-pocket expenses for health care. A recent report, based on a health care survey of farmers and ranchers in several Midwestern states, found that while 90% of the more than 2,000 farmers and ranchers surveyed said they had some sort of health care coverage, nearly a quarter of them said the cost of health care was causing them financial problems. More than a third of the farmers and ranchers in the survey said they bought their own insurance. These farmers and ranchers are especially vulnerable because they are often forced to buy insurance on the individual, non-group market, where insurance costs more and often covers less. The lack of affordable health care severely impacts the viability of family farms in many ways. It often forces one or both spouses to obtain off-farm work, which impedes the ability of the family to devote full attention and resources to the farming operation. This can often mean that farm families abandon their livestock operations, for example, because such enterprises require consistent on-the-farm management. The lack of health care also restricts the ability of young people to get started farming and deters people wishing to make a midlife career change and get back into agriculture. The Land Stewardship Project has recently launched a health care task force to examine strategies on developing a fair system of affordable health care in rural areas. During a recent LSP meeting in southeast Minnesota, I talked to three people, a farmer, a nursing student, and a rural resident, about their struggles with affordable health care. As you can hear, lack of affordable health care has become a problem for rural people from all walks of life. I'm Kurt Twight from Byron, Minnesota. In, in, in the early 80s, in the, when the farm crisis came upon, my wife had to, and I had to face some tough decisions whether we were going to, where we were going to cut costs. And the health care costs were there. They were, they were multiplying quite highly. Uh, so we decided to uh, give up our health care, and uh, we literally, for 18 years, walked a tightrope. We tried to live a very healthy lifestyle. Although we had some health issues that we tried to deal with them and, and the best we could. And then one Sunday morning, uh, I was fixing a TMR mixer and uh, with my cousin and, and boom. I looked down and there's three fingers missing on my left hand. And the first thought that came to my mind was, what am I going to do now? 60 cows to milk? How am I going to be able to do it? But we headed to the hospital, and the, the doctors did a marvelous job, and, and we were able to, uh, over some time with some credit help from the, from the doctors, to pay off the bill, and we've, we've gone there. And it, it, it's, been, it's been tough, and I, I really feel for the, for the young farmers that are trying to start out in a very capital-intensive uh, business, uh, particularly if they're in the animal business. It's, it's really, really difficult to put all the pieces together. It's very troubling for me uh, to see these young people uh, that have to put a spouse 
in a job in town that has health insurance for their families to, to keep moving on. There's got to be a better way. I don't know what it is, uh, but I think that if, if we as farmers and business people and, and just people in general put our heads together, there, we can come up with some sort of a solution. We've been kind of run by give it to us and the, the uh, I had health insurance through a job for years and I took it for granted. But then sometimes it, things change. It's, it's, it's troubling for me and it was troubling for my wife. One thing, Kurt, that um, I think a, a kind of a point that's come out in some of these meetings is that for farmers who are particularly want to do livestock, it's very difficult because both spouses can't be on the farm, and so you can't be as close of a manager type of situation. Like with dairy farming, you know, I would think that would be very important. And you're, you're mentoring a young farmer now, and I was wondering if you're kind of seeing that, how important that is, that they, have, they don't have to worry about their health care. The the young farmer that I'm mentoring now, his wife works off on the farm and has a family plan, and and uh, he he had an accident with his eye, and that plan has has really saved them. Uh, uh, but by the same token, sometimes when a wife works away from the farm and gets away from the actual everyday uh, function of the farm, she loses the appreciation that the husband has to have, the dedication that he has to put forth, the time he has to put in, and it, that can also create problems in the family. It's very important for farmers, particularly dairy farmers, that the, the husband and wife can be very supportive of each other. It's just uh, I'm just basing that on my own background. Uh, my wife was very supportive of me, and and uh, back she, 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 she did the books and took care of the calves, and I hated calves. So. I didn't hate them, but I, I, it was always the last thing the last thing of the day that you had to do, and they'd slop milk all over you, and, but, yeah, and, and my wife had more patience than I had. Well, that's good. My name is Katie Wera, and I'm a Winona State nursing student. Who um, I, I'm a member of Take Action Minnesota, so I got involved with health care reform through that avenue. Well, uh, I was wondering if you could talk a little bit about, I guess you've seen the the health care issue from a couple of sides. One is as someone who needs health care, obviously, but also as a nursing student. But you had talked a little bit about you had kind of had a bad situation where you had a pre-existing condition. And, you know, I assume you're a relatively young person. How old are you? 27. 27. So, you know, a lot of times people think of health care problems with older folks. So yeah, and that's, I do too. yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> I was wondering if you could just talk a little bit about that situation that you'd run into already at the age of 27. Um, when I graduated from Minnesota State University, Mankato, I obtained a job that did not have health insurance. So I went searching for that individual plan and ended up settling on Blue Cross Blue Shield, thought it was a good plan for catastrophic insurance, applied twice and was denied twice because of a pre-existing condition of hypertension. And um, then the third time I decided, you know, I'm going to get everything in a row and try and do this one more time because it's pretty discouraging. Um, got an insurance agent, copied my medical files, and sent that off with my application. They agreed, but under conditions. So that first year that they would cover me, um, any cardiac or hypertension complication or exacerbation would not be covered and it would not go through to my deductible. So 
that's my story with my health insurance and that's yeah and I, unfortunately that's such a common story i mean we heard a lot of stories similar stories like that tonight as a nursing student i don't know have you thought about as you go into this healthcare field is that a little bit discouraging to kind of see what's going on yeah it's i mean we're as a system they're treating at a tertiary level and even a secondary level if they are diagnosing and screening for things. But we need to kind of take that triangle and, and have that primary prevention at the base and really focus on that and the education piece of it before the disease even occurs. But we are waiting until it's so critical because we just can't afford to go in and have health care. Do you do you find a lot of the uh, like a lot of your friends are similar age uh, are in similar situations? Right now with Winona State because I am the non-traditional student, so I'm the oldest in my group. They're still under their parents' insurance. So after, well, like the first time I went through college, yes, I I, I had my parents' insurance. But then once you graduate that first time, you just kind of get off that, and um, so. I think right now I'm kind of the single person in my group, but there are other groups on either side of me that could have that going on. My name is Kay Hillscamp, and I'm from Lewiston, Minnesota. Back, I, We're going to go back a ways, back to 1996. Does anybody here remember Randall Foods? Okay, my husband was employed by Randall's for 26 years. We uh, read in the newspaper that it was closing in eight days. 26 years and then they closed their doors and at the time that he worked at Randall's we had paid health dental and optical then we had to go out on the market because he became self-employed and find insurance that was affordable our first year that we purchased it it was we paid $5,700 for the whole year with a thousand dollar deductible by the time we discontinued that policy, we would have paid $16,387 a year with the $1,000 deductible, and that was just in five years. So we switched to a different policy where our premium was $308 a year, or $308 a month, excuse me, but our deductible went to $3,600. Now, within four years, our premium has gone to $673, and our deductible has gone up to $4,600. So we, our fear is that in, if we double again in four years and the deductible keeps going up, that we won't be able to afford health insurance anymore. And we are in our 50s, and that's a scary prospect for us because we've always had health insurance. You know, and, but we also are people who, because the deductible is so high, you don't want to use it unless something catastrophic happens. Friends and neighbors are all, I don't think I know anybody who is not struggling with the health care issue because it has gotten so expensive and it, it's, it's outrageous. We need some type of control. We need some type of system where everybody can be insured. It, it, like I had mentioned before, we are the wealthiest country in the world. It should be a right, not a privilege, to have insurance. about LSP's healthcare policy work, go to www.landstewardshipproject.org. That's landstewardshipproject.org. You can also contact LSP organizer Paul Sobosinski at 507-342-2323. 
That's Paul Sobosinski at 507-342-2323. If you have comments or suggestions about this podcast, contact me, Brian DeVore, at bdevore at landstewardshipproject.org, or you can call 612-722-6377. Thanks to Laura Borgendale, a Western Minnesota musician, for Ear to the Ground's theme music. And a special thank you to all of Land Stewardship Project's members who make initiatives such as this podcast possible. If you're not a member, visit landstewardshipproject.org to learn how you can join LSP. Thanks for listening.